I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC podcast. Um, all right. I again fucked up and didn't prep the intro, but we're going to give it. We're going to give it a shot. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Bill O'Reilly style. People in Hong Kong don't approve of smokers. Uh, insomnia might help your depression. Pie. Joe okay. Jonas shit his pants. Yes. I had, and, there was, there was, and, and, there was and, one more. And so much more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so much more. I was on such a solid roll there for a few weeks of like prepping that shit. And then we got a I, lot going on. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's true. It, when you add a new thing to the thing you've been doing. Other things get hard. It just, it's, it's easy to forget the new thing. And, the other, and other things. And other things. <clears throat> so, you've been doing great. So many things. Despite um, that. So, so I, I, think it's, I think it's safe to say that all three of us um, are really big fans of shaming people who smoke. 100%. Right? 100%. I mean, we're from Nova Scotia. We are from the province <laughs> that kickstarted the idea of, of, of corralling all of the smokers into one of six spots in the city <laughs> where they can smoke. That must be the most, most horrendously failed public policy <laughs> yeah, ever for, created. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Dr. Strang, bless his heart, he, he did quite well bless over COVID, I gotta got say. But uh, prior to COVID, he made a big oopsie. He made a big boo-boo. Um, and it was, uh, he, it was laughable. He, he kicked, he tried, he was trying, you know, he was like my parents doing the best that he could. Um, but he failed. Uh, not that my parents failed. My parents did the best that they could. They could have done better, but they did pretty good. <laughs> they passed this thing. Dr. Strang failed at this. It, they, they, uh, for people who don't know, Dr. Strang's our like public health guy, public health person. Um, Chief and, medical uh, officer. There we go. Thanks. That's the technical term. Yeah, he's our healthy daddy, and uh, he they they started this campaign where they were like, okay, smoking outside, f- uh, smoking inside has been for a while fully illegal. Smoking yeah. outside, unless you're playing VLTs, unless you're playing VLTs <laughs> for some weird reason, but that's actually illegal now too. Yeah, but I mean, it's still they got I, grandfathered I mean, in for too long. Yeah, it's like a nostalgia. <laughs> they got grandfathered in until those grandfathers died of lung cancer. <laughs> that's right. And then they were like, okay, now let's cancel. That's right. Yeah. So, so what they did was they were like, okay, smoking inside uh, illegal. Let's make smoking outside illegal. But tough. We will. Tough we will. We will place these little ashtrays that kind of look like dicks. These phallic ashtrays mm-hmm. across the city. We only need, I don't know, four. Literally in the whole city. <laughs> and they put like, four. And they were like, if you get caught smoking a dart and you're not smoking your dart on at, this phallic thing, you'll get fined. Right. Do you remember what the fine was? I can't remember. 250 bucks. 200. Was it really? Yeah. How many fines do you think they gave out? None. Not a fucking single just one. Like, just like, just put this into perspective for a second. If you worked, if you worked in like the north end of Halifax, for example, 
the the this is how this is how unthought out. By the way, Halifax isn't very big, but we do have a north end and we have a south end and we have a west end. Well, and the no east, east end is just uh, uh, in the is just in the water. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it is in the water. And, yeah. and so, so if you worked in the north end and you wanted to go out for a smoke. You, would you have had to, to like a, walk, you, you had to walk downtown. Well, you had, yeah, to, you yeah. had to walk do like 30 a thirty minutes. minute walk downtown. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, we didn't even things. have Uber, so you would have had to either take a cab or or walk downtown. Have a smoke. smoke your dart. Now, usually smoke <laughs> Actually, breaks last about uh, I don't know five minutes for most people who smoke breaks. Like I mean, there, there's someone who works in our office who takes a smoke break every every five minutes in our office building. In our building, not in our office. Not yeah, not in our well, yeah. No, we our smoke office. in our office. <laughs> yeah, we just smoke inside. <laughs> okay, so anyway, no, no wait. I just, I just really quickly wanted to say too. Were you allowed to smoke in your car though? So like, did people not just if you go? Had, not if you had a not if you had like a kid in the car, <laughs> right? Brian, these, but, Brian, but, Brian, but, Brian, but, Brian hold on, hold on. These questions are way advanced for this public yeah, policy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. wait, would people just go in the north end? Would people just go into their cars and be like, oh, like fuck? I guess I have to go. Sit in a confined space. Everyone just started smoking inside again, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I, like yeah. I, I went to I went to Smitty's and they 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 re up the smoking and non smoking section. They're smoking in the and kitchen. I was like, and I, and I was like, man, I was sitting in the non smoking section. And I was like, guys, they're still smoking here. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys are clued into this, but the smoke doesn't the smoke doesn't obey. Remember how crazy that was? Yeah, that, that was loud. I would that's go crazy. to Smitty's and legit. That's a, that's my that's where this memory is coming from. I would go to Smitty's on Main Street with my parents. Smitty's is a guy who lives in Dartmouth. Smitty's um, is a he would just he would babysit all the children. Smitty's is a diner breakfast <laughs> chain, and and we would go in and we'd sit in the non-smoking section. And I would go as a kid. I really, really hated cigarette smoke as a kid. And really, and I would, yeah, it was like cool. really off-putting to me. <clears throat> and um, and I would go, hey, hey, um, can you imagine? Can you imagine being a parent and your kid saying this and you not just getting up and leaving? Yeah. I, I would go. I would go. I'm gonna go. In yeah. the, I'm gonna go in the car. I'm gonna go outside and, and wait in the car. And I would do that. Wait, like, and we would like, still go to Smitty's. Oh, wait, wow. you mean wait but in the you car know what, though? until those, your food got there? Those, those, yeah. pancake, those pancakes are to die for. Those, I would just, those pancakes are worth the lung cancer. I would literally just go, hey, you guys go into Smitty's, order me this, and when the food comes, I'll come in. Yeah. Guys, I, I ask Maddie once a week if we can go to Smitty's near my house, the, the one in Halifax. Just to smell the smoke in the fabric. <laughs> no, because, it, because I want to go. <laughs> Brian just gets down on the carpet. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. God, but, that's uh, 1997. That's a 30-year-old oh, one. There. <laughs> I've lived there for over a year now, and I still haven't been. So, um, oh, Brian, you know, why like, didn't you ask me? I love yeah, those pancakes. I just yeah. wanted to publicly put it out there I to you guys. Smitty's. If you want to go. Um, um, well, yeah. okay. So my so the reason why I brought up the, the Dr. Strang um, uh, smoke them if you got them, but only in a few spots around the city thing is because Hong Kong has just introduced a new sort of tactic to cut back on smoking. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys think was the, who made the better shitty plan to try to curb smoking? I also think like okay. it, uh, smoking in China is like, and I, I know that I maybe just made a boo-boo by saying China and Hong Kong. I know that that's a very hot topic. We are not a political podcast so, <laughs> we are not so doesn't count doesn't you're, count you were talking about mainland china mainland china so anyway uh anyway just move on <laughs> yeah smoking keep it rolling 
very very popular very right. popular yeah, so, yeah. Very so the, popular. Jared, this is like a like which is the lesser of two evils which seg- is which segment. is which one which one which one works best okay and and maybe which one works best in in nova scotia versus hong kong okay so people in hong kong are being urged to stare at smokers in a disapproving way <laughs> uh, the secretary for health lo chung mao made this suggestion during a meeting of a health service panel when he was asked questions about how to create a tobacco-free city. Good luck. Quote, when the members of the public see people smoking in non-smoking areas, even if no law enforcement officers can show up immediately, we can stare at the smokers. When someone takes out a cigarette at a restaurant, everyone in the premises can stare at that person. Wow. I do not believe that person would dare to hit back at everyone at the restaurant if they simply start staring. Here, now, here's an interesting thing. Now, I know, <laughs> I, I do think that this is absolutely ridiculous, <clears throat> but to try, to try to wrap your head around it a little bit, it's a communist country. There is a, like, there, the, like the collective sense of, like, how you are affecting another person mm-hmm. yeah, is like is way it's way different than here it's way way yeah. way different so if you are so although that is unbelievably stupid from our perspective yeah over there maybe it it's, may it's i mean it's probably still stupid but it's less yeah. dumb there it makes more it makes more sense from like a social perspective there. he it's like he that added, black mirror episode he added that uh, yeah. that police could not be expected to catch smokers and insisted that members of the public could work together to create a culture that dis- that discourages smoking quote we understand that law enforcement officers cannot always take action at the scene of a crime <laughs> when, when they arrive at the scene the crime may have already stopped take queuing at a bus stop as an example, Just no like, one will say it murders. requires the law to compel people to queue. Our society is able to create a culture where people can, can will comply with the rule of queuing when waiting for the bus. My experience in whole Asia is that lines can, don't exist. Can, yeah, well, I mean, it, I to that to that effect, it's it's probably why police are arresting people who don't queue. I think they do do that though, beating when they're the getting on shit buses. out of them if they don't queue <laughs> and if there's someone smoking a cigarette. Haven't you seen those um, the the bus lines? They like they actually do queue oh, really? with getting on buses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's re- really. It's like a rare instance of of lining up. But then they don't do it. You know, getting off an airplane. That's a whole other. thing. That's a whole other. Yeah. Thing. Man, I I really want to. Uh, I really really want to go to Japan and and to Korea and um, and, but whenever I see like I'm I'm sure like everyone's seen those videos of like. Of, and I know that this is like, this is probably a different kind of thing. Like, this is like people trying to get to work, like during a particular hour of the day. But when you see those people just being fucking sardine, like smushed into trams, whether that's like, oh man, in Japan or fucking in somewhere in Europe, yeah. and you're like, that gives me such, man, such crazy anxiety. It's, I was, it's the, 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 I the, the, the subway imagine. in Tokyo is. Nuts. I was saying this to uh Is it uh, anything like the the sub the Tokyo subway in uh John Wick where everything is just like neon lights and unfortunately no cool kung fu? I know that that is like I know that you really want that to be so. I do. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say too um I'm I'm curious what you guys think about this but I was just a, a huge shout out to uh to our friend Basil 
uh, who I, I was just recently staying with in London. Basil. He's a listener of this this podcast and might hear this, but Basil, I just want to say I love you and I had the best time and I can't wait to see you again. Um, but Basil and I were having this conversation, getting on the the uh, the tube in 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 London, and it was really busy, like it was packed busy. And I was saying how much I like it. Like Ugh. I like Ugh. getting into a crowded yeah. train where Ugh. you can just sort of like because it's novel for you. You can just sort of no, like I like the feeling of being in public, like sort of like cozy up next to people. Good job where using I, that word correctly, Taylor. Thank where you. where I don't feel the obligation to interact with anybody. I get what you but mean. But I'm around people. Like I it's I the feeling really of being love, invisible in plain sight. Totally, I love being in public with a bunch of people and not having to like actually be social. Yeah. And so like being on the train. I like that feeling of like being cozy where you can just sort of like lean up against somebody. You know what? I'm sorry. And lean Brian. against them and it feels I, nice. I'm sorry. I think I have I don't to want like, to lean up against I'm I, not that I gotta, I'm I gotta, not gonna take it that far. I, but. I gotta jump in here because I think you're being uh A, you're being dishonest with our, our listeners and us. Um and you're not gonna hoodwink me. Um <laughs> B the the I, I see what you were trying to do there with like the leaning into someone thing to kind of like play off what's really going on, which you know is a fucking fact. You're but not going to help this, me. Yeah, yeah, I am. No. Brian's got this weird thing where whenever he's in a public place where there's a lot of people around, I mean, it's it's very similar to the thing that he does with carpets at Smitty's where he goes, mm-hmm. he does that. He likes to smell. He does the lean. It's not just the lean. He does the lean and then like in, the, in people's hair. Have you seen me do that? <laughs> yeah. Is he it noticeable? At the gym. You do it at the gym. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I thought at least on a crowded train. To, I, I asked you to spot me in bench the other day, and <laughs> you got down on your knees and you just put your nose on my head and went. Brian, your face makes a lot of noise. It really does. You got a noisy face. You do. Sometimes I have to pull the mic away from you because you've got like a whistle coming out of your nose, and I got to do that. That actually is real. I was doing. I, I was joking about guys, the other thing. I, I wasn't you know, joking about that. You know, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed right now because I was doing a task last night at my. House, I, I was um, doing a task. I don't know. He calls it doing a dude, task. Dude, you Maddie, were fucking having dude, a wank, Maddie. Dude. Uh, we know what you were doing. <laughs> Maddie's not home. I was building a he was computer. Fucking, he was coming all over the place. I was, was like, like man, he doesn't get home for two days. I was I actually, I, want. I was actually building a computer, and I was like, I was really, I was taking a small screwdriver, and I was like screwing in a small screw. And what was a the first hole. website you went to when it was done? <laughs> it's not done. Ching 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 ching. Ching ding 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 ding. Okay, but, let's move wait, on. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say that I was screwing this little screw into a hole, and and I I caught myself breathing heavy while I was doing it. And I, Dude. Was, I was so embarrassed of myself. I was like, I can't believe, I was like. Dude. The other day. Oh I was God. like, what am day, I, do- how old am I? The other day I was playing Diablo 4 and Kira's sitting next to me on the couch and she's just cackling, laughing. And I got the, ha- I got my headphones on so she doesn't hear all the. Ching, ching, ching. And so she's just laughing. And I catch her like, my, I'm starting to vibrate because she's laughing so hard. And I turn, I go, what? I take my headphones off. She goes. You're just going, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, god damn it, fucking troglodyte over here!" All right, let's move on. Um, this is this is very interesting, and I would I would actually, well, no, no, I sh- I, I I probably legally I probably can't say that, but let me just say this: if by chance someone listening to this who has depression tries this on their own accord just to see what happens. I'm not saying you should. 
I'm just saying, if you do, let us know if it worked. Um, so, uh, big shout out here to to mental illness. Hey, shout out mental illness. <laughs> shout, shout out mental, mental illness. illness. Um, as Dude, most yeah. new parents can attest, sleepless nights don't exactly make for the most cheerful mornings. Right, Tay? 100%. This actually, is... actually just, to throw a, just to throw a bit of a wrench in the spokes, it's a, it actually ten, tends to be the complete opposite with Zaya. Sometimes she gets a fucking amazing <laughs> sleep and wakes up so cranky. And then other, some nights when like, she has a tooth coming in, she goes to sleep at like 1 in the morning and wakes up at 6. She's like... yeah. I think that's why the, I, you've been I, doing that new thing of like I, I think just what, sleep depriving her. Yeah, right. I, I think what they meant here was uh, was the parents not sleeping. Uh, right. Sorry. Yes. Uh, not the babies. Um, uh, this this is why it makes little sense that total sleep deprivation temporarily resets the mood of nearly half of the people with major depressive disorder. Hey, hey, hey! Shout I'm gonna do my boss thousand dollars dressing. Because I got depression. Brain scans on volunteers have shown <laughs> why this might be the case, revealing intriguing changes between critical areas of the brain in healthy volunteers and those diagnosed with major depression. I'm going to avoid my taxes and I'm going to get arrested. Because I got depression. Research led by the University of Pennsylvania in the U.S. used functional MRI to map and measure the brain functions of 54 individuals without a history of psychiatric or mood disorders and 30 people with major depression. I'm going to rob my mama and I'm going to spend the money on an old Chevy because I got depression. Of those without a history of depression, 16. So this is of those without a history of depression. 16 were placed into a control group and given a good night's sleep between tests. For everybody else, with and without a diagnosis, it was one long evening of reading, playing computer games, Word up. Uh, watching television, and no shut-eye. No caffeine, no exercise, just tedium until sunrise. Deprived of sufficient time to rest and replenish, the human brain isn't the most efficient machine. A chunk of tissue at the front of our brain called the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex chugs along slowly, making it harder to pay attention. Not only is our cognition slowed, but so is our ability to regulate our emotions since the amygdala, a key component of the limbic system, works overtime, especially in response to negative stimuli. Without the prefrontal cortex to temper our thinking, we can become snappy and irritable. That's me. Yet, since the dawn of psychiatric research, sleep deprivation has been eyed as a potential treatment for alleviating depression, mm. at least in a proportion of individuals who experience it as a persistent mood. Hey, shout out mental illness. <laughs> shout out mental illness. You know what's interesting? I, I have done this. I've done this before with my digestion in the sense of uh, like fasting. Like if I... If I feel like I'm having like some stomach issues that that are persistent and seem to be like not really going away, I'll I'll do like a 24 hour fast where I'll just and and it, and it it always feels like it resets the system right and starts to function correctly. Blows out your asshole, gets it all out. Yes, cleans it out. Um, now, sure enough, the researchers behind the latest investigation noticed a lift in the mood of 13 of the 30 patients with major depression following the sleepless night. Meanwhile, 13 of 30? 13 of 30. Mean, so again, they said, they said earlier, they were like, this 
for some people with major depression, this seems to be hmm. a way to alleviate that. Um, meanwhile, the results of a mood test on those without depression generally reflected the kind of tired crankiness that most experience when sleep deprived. Imaging data revealed a possible explanation behind this contrast. Connections between the amygdala and a bridge between the cognitive and emotional regions of the brain called the anterior cingulate cortex seem to be enhanced mm. in those who, whose moods reportedly improved regardless of their mental health. Even after two nights of catching up on lost sleep, this connectivity across the two regions remained relatively strong. Known as chronotherapeutics, the principle of treating psychiatric conditions through changes in biological rhythms has become a field of serious study suggesting a jolt to our body clock might in some way reset regulatory processes that have gone awry. Now, the interesting thing here, I, I mean, I, I don't have any way to um, like relate to this. Although I have had a number of times where like I've been fully sleep deprived, whether that be like, you know, uh, travel or like, you know, like time spent at a music festival or like whatever. And I think you, and, or like, you know, here's a great example, sleepovers as a kid, right? You're having yeah. like, a, you're having like a weekend, a weekend away for like, you know, for fucking beavers or cubs or you're at your friend's house or whatever for like the weekend. And you're not going to get a lot of sleep because you're fucking up all night. Do you guys ever have that thing where you're up all night and like it's really late into the night or like it's like the second night where you just haven't had a lot of sleep and you almost get like super goofy, like super silly. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Really yeah. silly and like giggly and laughy. I wonder if it's like if if that's sort of the. As someone who doesn't have major depression, if I had major depression, if like maybe that's the like a sort of similar mechanism happening there where like, because like Maybe. that silliness is it, 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 it almost comes with this like, like loopy jovialness that, although that, that although, although in my experience that is also accompanied by a swing in the other direction. Totally. Right. That's what, that's what I was going to say is crying I, and pooping I, your pants. Yeah. I feel like initially on, on low sleep, um, like if I have like a, if I sleep for like four hours or less in a night, I wake up in the morning feeling pretty good and like in that sort of loopy um like outgoing silly kind of mood but by early afternoon um like i nobody should ever be around me yeah it's not fun now all this to say uh is not to say that frequent sleepless nights are necessarily a good idea for anyone um with sleep disturbance linked with higher risks of dementia later in life uh, messing with the body's clock can come at a cost to our health our social life and our working day Mapping dramatic changes in communication between areas of the brain known to be involved in emotional and cognitive regulation following a loss of sleep could go some way to establishing possible mechanisms responsible for at least some cases of depression, however. Um, the World Health Organization ranks major depressive disorder as the third greatest disease burden around the globe. And all of this research, very interesting enough, interestingly enough, all this research was published in one of the most reputable science medical journals, PNAS. PNAS. No. PNAS. Wait, what does that what stand for? PNAS. Well, yes. PNAS. 
I actually don't know what penis stands for. I tried to look it up the other day. I just thought it was so funny. It was just penis. Um, and I went to their website. I thought it was so funny. I completely neglected to, to, oh, no, I to look it. into I what the journal No, no, I, I did look it into it, but it's not on their website, but it's on Google here. Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America. That penis. Somebody, whoever penis. made that acronym definitely knew, right? Dude, they fucking knew what they were doing. I mean, it's... Yeah, penis? yeah I suppose. Yeah. You can't say... No, you can't. Penis. No, you can't. Penis. Um, it, it, that, it, that is, uh, that is, that is great, though, because um, I think that no. for something no. for something that affects... The P is silent. It's just NAS. <laughs> it's just NAS. It's like, it's like <laughs> pneumatic. Um, they're, they're, oh, for something that is affecting just a, just a gigantic number of people, mm. and coupled with even in a country like Canada where um, healthcare is is relatively accessible, but uh, mental health services are, are 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 still not. So, like, if you can have, if you can try to do something that costs no money, is totally under your control. You don't need to go out to. The, you don't need to go get an over-the-counter medication. You don't need to see a doctor. You don't need to wait for an appointment. If there's something that you can try on your own, that is a major. I don't know though. That, like to me, it's not really that compelling. So thirteen out of thirty people. That's almost um, half. That's, yeah, yeah, no, but but what about the seventeen other people? Did they? Did they? What? Like what happened to them? Because I know they when just I'm didn't feeling get enough sleep. Like when I'm feeling depressed, one of like and and also just to distinguish, not going through a bout of depression, but like when I feel canceled, down, canceled, um, canceled. I, like sleep is the thing that helps me feel better, and so I'm just curious if the 17 other people reported no like worse symptoms, or or were they worse? Read the study. I'm yeah, sure it says. Yeah. Well, um, because you know, uh, you 13 can go out of 30 is good for <clears throat> if if there's a a fix if it's better. But if 17 out of 30 had, you know, worsening. Yeah. So penas.org will definitely take you to where you want to go. And I can, I can, I can tell you that the likelihood of them mentioning and it being included in the article that it was a, that the negative outcome for those that did not get any help was more significant than the ones that got help. That's what would have been mentioned. Mm. Not, the, I, not the flip. I, I totally agree with you Maybe. on that. But, you know, I don't take this might I don't be, take, this, this I don't believe anything until I yeah. you know, until I see it for and myself. And this study might have been funded by Big Sleep. So yeah, don't you know. don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Casper uh, might have funded this research. Yeah. <clears throat> That's right. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So, um, do you guys remember? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you uh, take it take it back a little bit here. Oh, by the way, this is uh, this is an a a, a bry segment. Oh yeah. Um, do you guys remember? It was a while back where 
I brought to the table, and we actually had quite a lengthy, I believe it was a full episode of Feel Good Friday where we spoke about Replica, the AI, uh, yeah. the AI boyfriend, AI girlfriend, AI yep. uh, romantic partner. Are you about to talk about girlfriend uh, GPT? No. Okay. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know anything Save about it. it. <laughs> Save it. Um, well, so the reason I brought up Replica was because I was like, oh, this is, it, it, it uh, although Replica was not made for this, it did make me think like, I wonder at what point will we see AI kind of step into the role of, um, of like a therapist and not to replace a therapist. I don't want I don't want to put the fucking wrong message out there, but, um, what I mean is like a sort of, a sort of, um, like Sort of like how, sort of, you know, you know how, like, um, in the states or in, in maybe some provinces, we have the, the ER and then we have urgent care. It's like the ER is like, oh, you got a knife shoved through your throat, you go to the ER. Um, oh, you maybe like sprained an ankle, go to urgent care. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of like a, a, that equivalent of like, oh, okay, you are in a you are in a mental health crisis. You need a you need to go to a therapist or you need to go to some sort of professional so you can ER, help you with right. your mental health or just fucking go to the <laughs> ER. Um, if you are if you're struggling because you're going through a really hard time right now and you just need someone to talk to but you don't know who to talk to, maybe you can talk to an AI program that is like made for that. Also financially. So I was looking at uh, right exactly right perfect. So that's a great that's also a great example. It's like oh you can't afford therapy um, but you're not in a mental health crisis. Maybe mm. there's an maybe AI could help you with that. And when, when I was, I was using replica with that thought, right. I was, I was talking to replica going like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling really, um, really self-conscious around my friends and I don't know what to do. And, and replica was like, started to kind of have this conversation with me and it was going, it, I was kind of like, Oh wow, this, this is actually like nice. There's a bit of nuance here. This is like, and, but then eventually like replica did what replica was made for, which replica was like, cool. So like, how are you feeling now? Do you want to show me your dick? And it was like, it just became like, like let's fuck. Um, and then I was like, okay, well clearly like this isn't that, but without saying too much information, somebody that I know um, is going through a really hard time. Hold on. Replica doesn't ask for pictures of your dick, does it? No, no, but, no. It, but, it, but, it, but it, but it does go like, it does go it like, does say like, things. like, if I was if I was sucking on your balls, like what would you say to me? There's right. a, it's, it's because really, there's it's really aggressive. There's a there's like a just, paid version of replica yeah. that like like where you can send just images of your dick. You to can the send you can send images <laughs> to I mean, the company. Yeah, I guess you because you yeah. you're just submitting yeah. them to the company. Some dude on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> so so a, a friend of mine is going through a really rough time right now, um, and in particular within their relationship, there was, there was some like infidelity and, um, and a lot of like betrayal, a lot of distrust. And, um, they're trying to like figure They're trying to fucking figure it out and they are going to therapy, but also they can only afford to go to therapy so much. And they started using this AI program called Pi. Have you guys heard of Pi? Nope. No. Okay. Uh, it is actually ringing a bell, but I, anyway. So Kira and I were talking about Pi the other day. And um, when I heard about this, I was like, oh, interesting. It reminded me of the replica thing. So I downloaded Pi. Is it a companion AI or is it like a more like specifically? This is like this. is this. So Pi is is um, is uh, on their Instagram. Their 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 um, their sort of description is, hey, I'm Pi. Got something on your mind? Message me to talk. 
And it very much, when once I, I, I opened it up, and I'm going to read to you, I had a very, very brief conversation with it, just to give you a sense of like how it responds to like a, a problem. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am very impressed. And speaking with uh, my friend who's using it, they also shared some of like what Pi had said to them. And I was like, holy fuck, mm-hmm. this is... This is amazing. Like I'm, I'm really, really impressed by what this, this, um, this chatbot has has been able to do. So, so I open it up, um, and it's very like you know, it's there's 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 no bells and whistles. It's very fucking just like, it just feels just like you're just texting a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you open it up, it says, "Hey there, great to meet you. I'm Pi, your personal AI. My goal is to be useful, friendly, and fun. Ask me for advice, for answers, or let's talk about whatever's on your mind." Um, and then they said, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? Now, I bypassed answering that. And I said, help me think through something. And they said, sure thing. I'm happy to be a sounding board and can provide advice if you want. What is it you're thinking about? I said, I think I'm relying on alcohol too much and I don't know how to fix it. And they said, thanks for being honest and open about this. Alcohol dependence is a real thing and many people struggle with it. It takes courage to admit that you might have a problem and I'm glad you reached out to me. Okay, let's work through this together, okay? Firstly, can you give me a bit of a background about your situation? How often do you drink and how much? So I said, I drink about five tall cans of beer a day. And they said, that's a lot of alcohol. Drinking that much on a regular basis can have negative effects on your physical and mental health. And it can be especially damaging to your liver and other organs. Let me ask you a question. Do you find that you have an emotional need to drink? Or do you find it hard to stop once you've started drinking? And I said, it's more emotional, I think. I think it's the way I've been coping with the stress of the world lately. And they said, it's understandable that you want to turn to alcohol to help you cope with stress, but in the long run, it can make things a lot worse. Alcohol can be a way to temporarily numb your emotions, but it won't fix the underlying issues that you're, that's causing your stress. Have you thought about alternative ways to manage your stress, like exercise or mindfulness? So I said, I hate exercising. It makes me uncomfortable. And my ADHD makes mindfulness almost impossible. I was really trying to test it. I was like, I want to like see how far I can like be contrary to its suggestions mm-hmm. to see if it, if it kind of produces more if, if, or if it goes, uh, you're, you're fucked. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so- it looks like you're going to be dependent on alcohol for a long time there, buddy. <laughs> so it said, I totally understand that exercise isn't for everyone and that mindfulness can be especially challenging for people with ADHD. How about trying something like journaling or talking to a friend or family member about what's going on? Sometimes just getting things off your chest can help a lot. And it might be worth considering taking, talking to a professional like a therapist who can help you work through your stress in a healthy way. Have you ever considered that? They said, unfortunately, I can't afford a therapist, but speaking to a friend might help. I just feel a lot of shame and I don't want to, to admit to my friends or family that I have a problem. And they said, I understand that shame is a very powerful emotion and it can make it hard to reach out for help. But the truth is, there is no shame in admitting that you're struggling with something. It takes a lot of strength and courage to be honest about your problems. And remember, your friends and family love you and want what's best for you. They will, be, they will probably be happy that you're willing to open up and, uh, to them and seek help. Do you have a close friend that you trust the most? And I said, yes. His name is Chunk. And they said, <laughs> Chunk, what an awesome name. <laughs> Chunk sounds like a really yeah. good friend. No, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I, swear, I swear to God, Chunk, what an awesome name! It sounds like a, a Chunk sounds like a really good friend. Maybe you could start by telling Chunk that you're. What if they would have time. said that if you said that it was like John? I know, <laughs> it, probably not. John, oh, yeah, what a definitely. what a wicked name! 
That would really break the immersion. Kirstie, smells like piss. (laughs) Uh, Maybe you can start by telling Chunk that you're having a hard time and just see how it goes from there. Chunk might be able to offer some support and understanding, and you might feel better after opening up to him. Do you think you can give that a try? I said, okay, I'll try it. Thanks. And I said, that's a brave and mature decision. I'm proud of you for taking that step. And don't forget that you can always come back to talk to me too. I'm here to listen and to help work you help you work through your problems. Do you feel like you're ready to give this a shot? You know, how like, how like beautifully supportive. It's really nice. It is really nice. It is really nice. I I think one of the obstacles that I think that the like broad public has would, would have with this at, at this particular point in time, although this is rapidly changing like day by day almost is that little thing in the back of your mind. That's still telling you that you're not talking to a real person, but but the, that's getting better every day. Like it, it, it seems so, so, so to that personal. point, to that point, only in this, even in, in this conversation, it didn't take me that much time at all to go, Oh my, Holy fuck. Right. Like, to I, like have that, to like turn that yeah. switch off. And, 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 and I also, that. I also want to say that this was like, a, I did this. I literally did this like five minutes before we came to record. Mm. Um, the stuff that I saw that my, like my friend went deep with like what they were going through with their relationship with this app. Dude, it was like mm. the language it was. Yeah. I mean, it was because it's not a thing about it's not a thing about what it will produce. Like, I, like no. I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm all re- and I probably have been bought into like what it's going to say. But the feeling behind what is saying it is like right. this little. Uh, but, but, here, but, here, but here's where I'll push back on that. It, so when I read when I read what my friend had sent, when my, the conversation that my friend had in working through this like issue with their relationship. And mind you, over the last like couple of weeks, I have also been talking to the, you know, talking to this person about what they've been going through. And when I read it, I went, holy fuck, this thing. And it goes like that. She shared a, or they shared a lot of information. And this thing took that information and spit stuff back that I was going, fuck, I wish I said yeah. that. Like, that's that's really good. And this person is is someone who is like at their kind of wits end and they were like i i really don't know what to do or like i've been talking to lots of people and i think they that the quality at which this ai has responded has like washed away any amount of the thought of like yeah but it's a fuck i'm fucking talking to ai it's yeah. like it just you just all of a sudden be, feel like oh wow i'm well there could also be something that's wanna, better about it it being a, it being yeah, a non, yeah, guys, right, totally. It being a yeah. non, like, uh, you know, exposed to like the flaws of humanity, of, of human yeah. nature. And, but one, and one of the things that I think about that, like, I, I almost think that, um, for lack of a better term, it needs a bit of like a rebrand or like we need to think of it in a different way. And I, like, I think this way about, um, like talk therapy with a real person, I, I think about it in the sense that, you know, like there's this misconception that when you go to see a therapist that they're like giving you advice and like that they're sort of dictating how you should feel about your experience. But like my experience with therapy is, is has been that it's a, a, anything but that. Like when I go to my therapist, my therapist just really does a lot of listening and then will like ask questions. And there's there's this thing that people say to me sometimes who are like people who are like resistant to going to therapy where they say, you know, like I'm a you know, like I'm a pretty self-aware person. Like I, I think a lot about my situation. You know, I feel like I have a good grasp on things. 
which no doubt, like I feel like the people who who say that, I believe them. I think that they're they're probably right about that. But you also think they're stupid, right? No, but, but you also the, think the, they're kind the thing of that fucking I think, dumb, right? The thing that, that I think is that that I feel like I'm a, a fairly self-aware person, but the the sort of like prompts that a therapist can give you to do your own ter- internal digging and go like a, a one layer deeper and explore a little bit further is what makes therapy a really like amazing experience for me. And I think that that this, like speaking to an AI, is not... I think I think that we shouldn't think of it like talking to an AI or talking to like some other entity. I think that it we should think about it like interactive journaling. Yeah, like yeah, or yeah, or talking own, to talking to a friend. Yeah, you know, like, but yeah. but not even like I don't think that we should think of it like 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 going to seek counsel somewhere else. It's just you're having this conversation. You're being prompted by the responses that are coming back to continue digging deeper yeah. yourself. Like it's an interactive. I get, I get what you're saying. And, and I agree that that's probably a really healthy way of looking at it, but also you have to, you have to, you can't, you can't, you can't deny the fact that like in the midst of this conversation, I could go, I could go like, you know, cool. Do you want to play? Do you want to play a fucking, do you want to role play like a, a D and D session with me? And it'll yeah. go, yeah, let's <laughs> fucking play D and D. Right. I'm like curious. you can do, you could do I'm, so, totally, but, but what, what else can we wait, do wait, with this wait, thing? I, I, I'm curious. <laughs> the Jer, options are endless. I'm curious, Jerry, if you ask it, like, like, what advice would you like? If you specifically ask mm. it for advice, what is the response? I want it probably. What advice it, would you give me to what? Like to stop drinking alcohol? Yeah, like because how about I, what, what advice would you give me? There's probably a bunch of stuff where it goes approaching you know, you see a therapist, approaching that conversation. But, but I, how about, like let's, my, let's try that. Let's yeah. try that. What advice would you give me in approaching that conversation with Chuck, with Chunk? Yeah. Um, first of all, try to pick a time when you and Chunk are both relaxed and able to focus on the conversation. Maybe even suggest a meeting for coffee or something. When you're ready to start the conversation, try to be direct and honest. For example, you could say something like, Chunk, I need to talk to you about something. I've been struggling lately with some personal issues and I could really use your support. Then just take things one step at a time. You don't have to spill your guts all at once. Take your time and let Chunk respond. Mm-hmm. Like my, th- my thoughts, like asking you that question is that like, it's not going to tell you like how you should feel about something. It might give you some like concrete steps and towards like making progress in your situation, but it's not going to, it's not going to say like, you know, feel this way, like try to feel yeah. this way, but the therapists thing. don't do that either. Exactly. Right. And so that, that's my point is that like, like, you know, when you go to a friend and speak to a friend, um, you know, there's, there's all of these other sort of things that come with the conversation of like, you know, if you're talking about your own traumatic experience, yeah. they're drawing on their own experiences right. with something, you know, whether it's similar or, or they're, you know, whatever it is. But that again, like this, these are the responses that I would wish a friend. Totally. Would get, of course. Right? Like this is again. And again, I really, that really fucking hit me when I read an excerpt of the conversation that my friend had with, with pie, I went, mm-hmm. fuck man. I yeah. wish I I wish I said that to you. Like I wish I was the friend that gave you that info. That's fucking great. I guess I guess the point um that I'm I'm trying to make is that like I think that if these tools are get better and better and better, they should be less human. You know, like they shouldn't be they shouldn't be trying to be more human. They should be trying to be better at like giving sort of objective But we kind of want them to sound more human but without the subjective nature of humans. I think I think the yeah. element of feeling like you are talking to someone is really beneficial. 
because it because it it makes it it gives you the illusion that you're not alone. It gives you the illusion that somebody's on your side. It gives you the illusion that like you have a teammate here. Mm-hmm. And the I I mean I I I really like the thought of like oh it's like it's interact it's sort of like like journaling 2.0. I love that. Mm-hmm. But also I think there's an element of like of that fills the gap of loneliness or fills the gap of like of yeah, like lonely. Like like when people are going through hard times, oftentimes people have you know compounded on top of the the hard time that they're going through, they also feel alone in mm-hmm. that. They feel like and on top of that, they feel like, well, I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people feel this where it's like you're going, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're going through, anything that's hard. A lot of people have this, this, this sensation of like, well, I'm alone in this. And also, I don't want to burden anybody else with this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like lay my shit. I don't want to fucking trauma dump on my, my, on chunk, you know, or, or on my partner. Like I, I'll work on this on my own. And then that doesn't fucking help. That just like, mm-hmm. that just perpetuates spiraling into thoughts and stuff so having that sense of like yes okay it's it's not a fucking person but, but they're talking to me like a person i feel like yeah. i'm i feel like i'm not alone here yeah and i think that's I think, a really beneficial element to i this. think that that i i i totally agree that it can be incredibly beneficial um my one concern is that it becomes a crutch rather than a tool so like i think of it as like a tool to get to being able to have those conversations more easily with real humans in your life and like something that makes you know, human connection so beautiful. It is the the messiness of it sometimes, like like saying the wrong thing and like and like like causing conflict in in your relationship, not not intentionally, but like ending up and engaging in conflict and then having to try to sort things out and you know growing through those experiences. But if you never have the like, if you're always talking to like a perfect like the the like this AI companion that's always giving you the perfect answers all the time and like like always like has no needs that they need to be met and need to needs that need to be met themselves. Then it's like, and you're never talking to a real human. But then why does it have to be that extreme? Like, like I, I think you're looking at this going, well, if you get like, if you smoke weed, the next thing you're going to do is be like, is, is going to be shoving crack up your asshole. Like <laughs> no, everybody knows no, that's the fucking, no, no, that's, but that's I think the, it's, I think you I, smoke I, marijuana and then you, f- and it is I, a bit of an extreme. I, I'm using the extreme to highlight the point, but like, obviously right. I don't think it's going to be like that. But if yeah. you're, if you're defaulting always to relying on, you know, an AI companion rather than trying to navigate a messy conversation with, the I think it's more likely it, that it would be the, that it would be the, I think that's more likely that it would be the gate opener to, having a conversation with a friend because I think that what it's probably allowing you to do when you ask it is probably going to allow you <clears throat> is going to provide some feedback or some advice on, on what the more likely reality is in the minds of your friends and family yeah. where, where like you are carrying this yeah. idea that like they're going to judge you or whatever about whatever issue that you might be bringing up that you, that you are harboring and that it will likely go, hey, like, remember, these are your family and yeah. friends. They love you. You know, if you're going through something hard, they want to know about it. They want to support and you. And I love then, you, too. And I love yeah. you, too. And we'll be together and show, forever. Show, and show me your tits. <laughs> I think then, maybe you need then, to spend less time with And then hopefully that will be the gate opener when you reframe, when you go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that, that probably is true. And that hopefully is like the, the yeah. opening of the door to having that conversation. But in the same way that therapy is like yeah. that, like it, my therapist is not like, oh, geez, like you should stop hanging out with your friends and just spend time with me all the time. There's actually, that's actually the premise of 
I don't know. It, the show, I actually only watched one episode because honestly, the show was kind of sucked. But um, that was the that was the the premise of uh, the show with um, uh, uh, what's his name, the guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Jason. Uh, Riveting stuff here. What's his name? Do you remember his name? No, Sudeikis. No, not Jason Sudeikis. Anyway, um, he's a he's a. This is great. This is great. What is it? Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yeah. Oh yeah, Siegel. Oh, that, the Jason Apple Siegel. TV show. Yeah, it's called Shrink. Shrink. I think. Yeah. And he his. His thing is he's he's at a he's he's going through something like real tough. Like his wife dies. He's like he's kind of neglecting his daughter now because his daughter reminds him of his wife, and it's all he's 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 going through some heavy shit. And he's a therapist at a clinic, and he's like a partner at this therapy clinic. And he's he's in the role of a therapist that is listening to people's issues. And he's basically going, oh, my God, I'm listening to these people and they've been they've been on the same hamster wheel of a problem for so long because I ethically can't tell them how I really feel about what they should do. And then he just decides to, like, throw ethics out the window and he's like, you got to leave your husband. He's a fucking he's a he's a trash pit. And you gotta, and you, and you, and you gotta go. (laughs) And then she's, and then, and that just like unravels that into a whole, like, like great success in terms of his client's happiness, but then also like professional turmoil. It's, it's, it's an interesting premise, although the show kind of sucked. Um, cool. Well, let's move on. Um, Joe Jonas shit his pants. Just like me. Is this news? I shit my pants. Jared, I shit my pants. Just, I'm just trying to normalize shitting pants because <laughs> I shit my pants very regularly. And we actually had an idea. I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but we had an idea of, of putting up, um, you know, there's like workplace safety things where it's like 99 days since, since the last, some, since the last time someone died, died at work. At work. <laughs> We're going to get one of those and it's going to be like days since Jared shit himself on, 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 put it on the set. And it will it will change. It, like one day you'll be watching the show and it'll be like fifty nine, and then the next week you'll watch the show and it'll be like four, and you'll go, oh, Jared might have had a poo poo. Um, so I shit my pants really badly um, last week. It was a it was a it was markedly different. You're usually pretty oh, jovial yeah. about shitting your pants. No, I was not happy. You about were sad. One. Well, because like because typically when I shit my pants, shit my pants is a bit of a exaggeration. It's yeah. like. Typically, it's, just sh- it's like you sharded. I do that, and then like a little <laughs> bit of duke comes out. This time, uh, this time was very different. This time was so bad that I, I, I had to immediately take off all my clothing, <laughs> and I had to go home immediately. Thank God I live a fucking minute and a half from here, and I had to wash my clothing and find new clothing and come back up. So, so much clothing. So I, I blasted. Uh, fucking I like I blasted through both underwear and pants in a second <laughs> oh wow now now I'm not ashamed of it and I'm also gonna tell you guys that one of the most fucking dreamy dreamboat hot boys of the summer Joe Jonas he shits his pants sometimes too and Joe How Jonas often? uh well he revealed that he once had to make a mid wardrobe shit change because he pooped his pants his white pants during a show. Uh, the Jonas Brothers singer, he's 33. I'm 35. Kind of normal. Are they still referred to as the Jonas Brothers? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah, he, only yeah. one of them still famous? 
because he makes movies and the other two have just no, faded the, no, into no, obscurity? No, the Jonas Brothers perform as the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just... Um, Nick and... He's... he's and, Joe and, and... Chunk. <laughs> Chunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's 33. I'm 35. Similar age. Very normal. Um, he... Uh, Super normal. It was about four years ago. He was so so. I guess he was he was twenty nine at the time. But but uh, but I shit my pants at twenty nine too. And so and he probably shit his pants since then, um, just like me. And so he was on a podcast called Will and Woody, and uh, he said, "quote I think it might have been a little toot, might have been something else, something a little extra." He laughed. So I was like, mid wardrobe shit change during the set. Did he say toot? He did say toot, yeah, which I say. I also say toot. Normal. Normal guy. You 35, and, normal dude, guy. I say toot. And one I of the pants. Jonas Brothers are almost identical. I mean, thanks. <laughs> um, so, and to make matters worse, he was wearing white. So there we go. Now, let's move on. I just want to get that out there. Chair just wanted to I really normalize. just wanted to put that out there because it's totally normal. It's totally normal. Hot and, guys poop their pants. You know, we, uh, we were at Lawn Summer Nights. Uh, and hey, shout out, Lawn Summer Nights. Last week, oh yeah, our last week is was this yesterday. week. Was yesterday. You can still donate. Go to our Instagram link in the bio. So I'm gonna take note. Put that in uh, to find our donation page. And you can donate to our team. We're trying to raise some money, so it'd be great. Um, so one of you guys do that. <laughs> um, and uh, last week at Lawn Summer Nights, uh, we were you know we were all hanging out, and there's a very beautiful woman speaking to our group and. Um, she said something and, and, and for some reason I was just like, well, I shit my pants today. Oh, she was like, how, like, how, like what, what's cool. What, what, what cool thing happened to you today? And I was like, I shit my pants. These are the types of things that you say when you've been in a relationship, you know, like you become so much because she's like, when you're not actively looking this, for a this mate, woman was <laughs> saying, you're, you're uh, yeah. so much more susceptible yeah. to saying she, insane things. Was it one of the ladies who works there? <laughs> no, no, volunteers? no, no. She, she was a very, very attractive young woman. And, uh, and I just, I was like, yeah, I shit myself today. And she goes, well, I'm a nurse. So I, you know, that's cool. cool. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is cool. Because Joe Jonas shit himself three, four years ago. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's move on to what the hell? I'm basically a Jonas brother. Basically. I love the Jonas Brothers. I listened, like I recently listened to. That is the least surprising thing I've heard this week. Mm. I'm burning up. Okay. <clears throat> this, this came. Is that a Jonas Brothers song? <clears throat> yeah. This crossed. Uh, this, this came across my, um, my feed and it blew my mind. Um, Sanju Bagat 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 Sanju Bagat <laughs> I can't I don't even know how to pronounce that B-H-A-G-A-T Yeah Bagat Yeah that's probably Bagat Bagat <clears throat> His stomach was once so swollen he looked nine months pregnant and could barely breathe Oh my god now, do you guys think this man? Do you, do you guys think this man Sanju was pregnant? No, I saw. I saw that movie with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, close, but that movie, would not, movie? That movie so, would not so, fly today. It was uh, a movie. Junior? Uh, no, that wasn't Junior. It's called, no, it's not called Junior, but it is Danny DeVito as well. Yeah, Danny DeVito, right? Man, our, what our, a what a fucking teammate, dude! They love pairing up. They paired up. They were, like the, um, they were like the. They were like the. 
I know they were like the J- John C. Riley and uh, and Will Ferrell of the nineties. Yeah. So um, they go. To, uh, we, we we really don't need to hear the another fucking movie plot that sucks. Taylor, please. <laughs> Danny DeVito's a doctor. And God damn it! I pregnant. thought you were gonna say uh, so, they were like uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, that's more. Accurate, moving yeah. on here. Um, uh, so this guy Sanju living in the city of uh, of Nagpur, India. Baghat said he'd felt self conscious his whole life about his big belly. And, then, and let me tell you, this guy, this guy did look nine months pregnant. This guy had a fucking belly on him. Um, and I'm going to show you a photo in a second here. But I want you to know what happened here before I show you the photo because there's a, a two photos. It is Junior. Um, but one night in June 1999, his problem erupted into something much larger than a cosmetic worry. An ambulance rushed the 36-year-old farmer to the hospital. Doctors thought he might have a giant tumor. So they decided to operate and remove the source of the bulge in his belly. Well, basically, the tumor was so big that it was pressing on his diaphragm, and that's why he was very, uh, very breathless, said Dr. A, uh, uh, Ajay, Ajay Mehta of Tata Memorial Hospital in Mumbai. Because of, his sheer size of the t- because of the sheer size of the tumor, it made it difficult to operate. We anticipated a lot of problems. Mehta said that he can usually spot a tumor just after he begins an operation. But while operating on Baghat, Meta saw something that he had never encountered. As he cut deeper into Baghat's stomach, gallons of fluid spilled out. Oh, my God. And then something extraordinary happened. A hand reached out. To my surprise and horror, I could shake hands with somebody else inside, he said. Whoa. It was a bit shocking for me. Is this a twin? Is this a twin from birth? One doctor recalled that day in the operating room, quote, he just put his hand inside and he said there was a lot of bones inside. <gasps> First, one limb came out, then another limb came out, then some sort of part of genitalia, then some part of hair, some limbs, jaws, limbs, hair. Are you being serious? <laughs> That's what the guy said. Literally, he goes, he, goes, he, he repeated some, everything twice. He goes, yes. <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes. First, one limb came out, then another limb came out, then some part of genitalia, then some part of hair, some limbs, jaws, limbs, hair. Genitalia. (laughs) Inside Baghat's stomach was a strange half-formed creature that had feet and hands and were very uh, developed. Its fingernails were quite long. We were horrified. We were confused and amazed, Meta said. At first glance, it may look as if Baghat was given birth. This is succubus. Actually, Meta had removed the mutated body of Baghat's twin brother from his stomach. Whoa. Check out this photo. Guys, there's literally, Check a, out this horror, photo. There's literally a horror movie about this. this is, is that a drawing? This is an image of Baghat, or of, uh, Baghat on the left of his actual belly. On the right is a diagram of what was pulled out oh, of him. Oh, my God. Baghat, they discovered, had one of the world's most bizarre medical conditions. It is called fetus in fetu. Fetus in fetu. Fetus in fetu. It sounds like a fucking... It's beautiful. It sounds like a perfume that that, that power guy would sniff. <laughs> sounds like a French a movie, a romantic French movie. Yeah, fetus in fetu. It is an extremely rare abnormality that occurs when a fetus gets trapped inside its twin. The trapped fetus can survive as a parasite, even past birth, by forming an umbilical cord-like structure that leaches its twin's blood supply until it grows so large that it starts to harm the host, at which point doctors usually intervene. According to Meta, 
There are fewer than 90 cases of fetus in fetu recorded in medical literature. How old was this guy? Um, he was a... He didn't look young. He was like a grown-ass man, 36. Yeah. Wow. Um, fetus in fetu happens very early in a twin pregnancy. You're so lucky, Brian. I am, You're yeah. so lucky that you didn't give birth to Dennis. I know. Isn't that right? crazy that that is a possibility for you or and or Dennis? Yeah. Fucking crazy. Strong possibility. Yeah. I don't know about strong, but <clears throat> it's possible. Um, Strongly when, possible. When one fetus wraps around and envelops the other is what's happening. The dominant fetus grows... While the fetus in fetu, uh, that would have been its own twin, lives throughout the pregnancy, feeding off its host twin like a kind of parasite. Usually both twins die before birth from the strain of sharing the placenta. Sometimes, however, as in Bagat's case, the host twin survives and is delivered. What makes his case so unusual is that no one suspected Bagat had a twin inside him for 36 years. They just thought he was pregnant. Bagat said he was very much relieved after his operation. He was not interested in knowing what meta... Um, did to him or seeing what had been removed from his abdomen. He was like, fuck that. No, he <laughs> didn't put, want anything. To no, do he, was like, he pulled something out of me. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. He didn't want to see it because uh, it was looking very ghastly. I, I mean, I probably, I don't know if I would have wanted. Yeah, I, I yeah, you would. I would have, I would have saw it. Uh, there was no placenta inside Begat. Uh, the enveloped parasitic twin had connected directly to Begat's blood supply. Right after the surgery, Begat's pain and inability to breathe disappeared and he recovered immediately. <sighs> The case may have been a medical miracle to doctors, but to Beghat, his condition had been a source of shame and misery. All his life, people in the village where he had lived have mercilessly, mercilessly teased him and told him he looked pregnant. Ironically, they were kind of right. Uh, today, Beghat is in good health and leads a normal life, but he gets teased occasionally. Quote, they still ridicule him. What they say is, you went in for an operation and you had the baby, Meta said. There you go. Parasitic twin. I mean, it's a bit of jovial fun, but I understand why that would be. I'd be pretty damaging. sad about it. Yeah. Jovial. Uh, yeah. It's probably jovial less jovial if, when it's actually happening. It's only jovial if like you're if it ain't happening to you. Or if it's <laughs> or if your friends are yeah. saying it instead yeah. of your not friends. Yeah. Fetus, yeah, right. fetus and yeah. fetus. Um, how crazy is that? eh? Oh, my God. And dude, it's insane. I'll tell you one thing. Are there probably, more that might be one of the most. I, there insane are some other pictures. And you, really, you really don't want to see them like the, it's. Um, I. It's, I think I do. They're they're kind of yeah. gnarly. I mean, this is like it just it just it makes it's it's an ick. Wow. It's an ick for sure. That's yeah. a, that's ick factor. Yeah. Wow. Um, how crazy is that story? It's a fucking it's wild. Insane. Yeah. All right, we got to go. We got a recording coming up. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We love you all. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, <laughs> um, come to join the Discord. Leave a rating or review on all platforms, and uh, and we we love you all for listening. Thank you so much. And if you want to be a guest on the show, go to sickboypodcast.com, click on the fancy button, and fill out the guest form. And uh, as always, um, just to piggyback on what Jared was saying, if you want to support the show, you can e-transfer us. Um, just what? To our email. Send us an e-transfer. Just, like just <laughs> money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, that's support. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's yeah, a way so, of support. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. Um, and a huge thank you as always to, uh, the people who help make this show possible. Hey, uh, Jeff Lonis, who's he's right over there. In the he's background. in the house today. Yeah. Thanks, we thank, we thank Thanks, this Jeff. guy every week. We love you. Jeff, do you want to say, do you want to say, do you want to just say hello on the mic? Yeah, we don't have time. Let's <laughs> okay. go. Uh, and a huge thank you to Richard Coyne for the theme music. Uh, we love you guys. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I am Jeremy. And this is sick boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.